My daughter Alice and I had received an incredible invitation. And I was really scared to accept it. We were going on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land this past fall, which was already an incredible opportunity. But then when a family friend found out that we were going, she told us that there would be more. Her extended family lives in Palestine, and so of course we would go and stay with them, she said. It was less of an invitation and more of an announcement. (laughs) Hospitality is so central to their culture, she said, that we, we simply had to go. It sounded amazing, and it also felt daunting. I had never been to this part of the world. I don't know Arabic. I didn't know how I would get us from Tel Aviv to Nablus. And I didn't want to be a burden on these people I had never met before. And I would have my 10-year-old daughter with me. My days of adventuring through foreign countries with, at best, half a plan felt like they were from a long time ago. Ultimately, though, I accepted this kindness, and so I I found myself wondering what exactly I had signed up for as we were picked up in an old transport van at the airport and then A little bit later, uh, abruptly switched into a car just before the military checkpoint and then speedily wound our way up through the hills and into the dense city of Nablus with cars honking and weaving and lights flashing and people everywhere. I wonder what Mary and Joseph are thinking as they leave their quiet home in the the little backwater town of Nazareth and trek into all the hubbub of Bethlehem. I mean, they don't have a choice. It isn't a matter of accepting an invitation or not. They have to go. The empire insists on it. Everyone has to go to their ancestral home to be registered, which is to say, signed up to pay more taxes to Rome. The city is overflowing, filled with people who have come from far and wide. Surely Mary and Joseph have some ideas of where they might stay, which relatives they will ask first. But there aren't inns, not in the way we think of them. There are no best westerns in Bethlehem. And there are no heartless innkeepers. As much as we've hammed up that part of the story for so long. But but that part, it's not there. A better translation of the word that we hear as in would be simply guest room, 
The, the little bit of extra space that families kept ready to welcome in travelers. And those spaces are already packed when this weary couple arrives because every last person is in town for the census. One day on our pilgrimage through the Holy Land, Alice and I were close to Bethlehem, up in the hills there. And while we were there, our guide led us down several flights of old stone stairs set deep into the hillside. And as we came around a corner, he warned us to duck and to watch our step. And slowly, one by one, we stepped down into a cave giving each other a hand over the uneven floor and and shuffling around to make room for everyone to gather. As our eyes adjusted, we saw that, that we were standing in a cave, yes, but one that had clearly been made into a home. There was one main area to gather in the center and then smaller nooks and and a little room carved deeper into the stone, away from the narrow entrance. The cave was surprisingly cozy, with beautiful morning light streaming in. This wasn't where Jesus was born, not right there. But we learned that where we stood was a first-century home, very much like many of the homes nearby in Bethlehem. The smaller room dug into the stone was where the family would have kept their animals. Being so valuable, they, they would have wanted to protect them in the night, sleep between them and the door. And that, it seems is where Mary and Joseph end up. Not in the main room, bedded down with everyone else in the space kept for guests. There are already guests there. The relatives make room for them as best they can in this warm, safe space, seeing that this would be a better place to give birth anyway, being a little quieter a little bit apart. In this city overflowing with visitors, folks are all doing what they can to make room, to welcome people in creatively, to share their homes as they're able. It was fully dark as our car was weaving through the bustling city of Nablus, making our way towards the home of of these strangers. I had no idea how close we were or, or even what I was looking for. After more switchbacks and turnarounds and sprints through narrow streets than I could count, I saw a man standing on the curb, holding his toddler son on his hip, grinning and and waving frantically. And I knew that we'd made it. Alice and I were beyond exhausted from the trip 
And we were ushered out of the night and into their beautiful, bright home. Their kids took turns embracing Alice, and then, and then quickly they whisked her away to begin playing. As I slowed down to get my bearings, I, I realized that I smelled wonderful food, and, and in that moment also realized that I was starving. It was late, it was surely way past their kids' bedtimes. But they had waited for us. They hadn't had dinner yet. And soon we were all sitting down around their dining room table. It was overflowing with with chicken and rice and hummus and pita and pickled vegetables and roasted vegetables and olives and sauces and more. And as our our sweet host piled my plate full and then fuller, I found myself exhaling and my eyes relaxing, my heart growing more steady in this wondrous comfort, foreign as it all was. In the days that followed, we shared about our lives and explored the city and continued eating so, so much. And we somehow became family. Or, or maybe more aptly, I think we, we all realized that we already were family. And I realized that that sounds saccharine, but, but it was real. And we remarked on it again and again. With such different lives and homes and languages and customs, it was stunning to see how completely we also belonged to each other. How how much they meant it when they said that their home was also ours. I thought back to my fear, to my, my hesitation of coming and imposing on these strangers, and I saw how wrong I was. They had been ready to catch us, ready to hold us and love us even before we had met. This is the beauty that I find in Christmas this year. The promise that wherever we go, there will be room, that we will be invited in, that that shared space will be sacred. It will be made holy by our coming together, by what it will make possible. It's not that Mary and Joseph are turned away again and again until they end up cold and lonely in a stable. It's that they are welcomed in, that their kin get creative and do whatever they can to make an already full home, have room, to to offer care and tenderness to a family in need. That's what comes. It might not be perfect, Sometimes it may take a while to find, but it is enough, and it is good. And yes, this story certainly asks us to reach to create more space in ourselves and offer that kind of care to friend 
and stranger alike. But even more than that, this year I hear the invitation to trust that that space will come for each of us too. That maybe it's already here. Space where we will be seen and welcomed, heard and loved. Space where we will be fed and tended and most simply where we belong. Whether it's for one night or for much longer, the story promises that this sacred hospitality comes for us also. There's room. There's room for you. You belong and you are held. Please, make yourself at home. <laughs>